Hi, this is Olivia. I intern for the Health and Wellness Center at Stonehill College, and today I'm here with uh, Leah, a fellow student of mine, and we're going to talk about uh, mental health and uh, specifically um, anxieties. Hi, my name is Leah. I'm a graduating senior. Very exciting time. Um, I first got diagnosed with anxiety when I was in high school. I think I was about either 15 or 16 years old, so pretty young. Um, I found myself just kind of struggling with um, how to manage some of those emotions, definitely. Um, And I found it disrupting my schoolwork, my extracurricular. I was on the cheerleading team, and I found myself getting so nervous to perform. But the thing with anxiety is it's beyond nervousness. Um, So I was able to get resources. My mom was really helpful. Um, And since then, I've been a big advocate for talking about these things. Yeah, I mean, as a psych major, very important to talk about it. And um, yeah, I'm very happy that you were so open to talk about your experience. So sort of uh, jumping right in, how does your experience with anxiety in high school compare to your experience in college? Is it similar? Is it different? I think that they're very different ball games when it comes to high school and college. I feel like you find the stigma so much more in a high school than you would a college. Um, and I don't know if that is a change in the times, but I don't feel like it is. I feel like it's high school behavior. I feel like it's the demographic. Maturity, too. Yeah, the close-knit kind of feeling of a high school. I know I went to a really small high school, um, so that definitely played in part where you get to college and you kind of realize, oh, you, you can see it more. Other people are experiencing these feelings too. Or one of my roommates just went to her therapy session and it gets a little bit more normalized, I've mm-hmm. found, than you will get in high school. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Some people are sometimes more often and uh, more open about talking about their experiences. And like in high school, everyone just kind of wants to uh, fit in and be like, oh, I'm normal, everything's okay with me and that whole thing but like sort of going off the whole normal thing when did you realize that um this was not a quote-unquote a normal thing people experience um I think I realized for me it was very physical I found myself losing weight from stress um I found myself for me a big anxiety um I guess symptom for me is when I would get anxiety attacks, I would throw up. So Mm -hmm. if I had a big performance or something coming up and I would throw up before the performance or like a test in school and I would get so nauseous and um, where it really starts to disrupt your life is Mm -hmm. where you realize that this is beyond the feeling of everyone has the normal feelings of I'm anxious for a test or Mm -hmm. I'm having a bad day or I'm upset about something. Those are normal feelings. We Mm -hmm. all a full spectrum of human emotions Mm -hmm. but when it becomes disruptive to your daily life Mm -hmm. and I don't think I was the one to quite realize it where I was so young it was actually my mom who had encouraged me um does she have any background with mental health or just she doesn't no um just a very involved mom who loves to google (laughs) um so she was the big push for me to kind Mm -hmm. of step back and realize One, this is um, something that I'm dealing with. It's an Mm -hmm. illness. And two, that it's very possible to get treatment for it. Mm -hmm. It's very easily treated. So, I mean, treatment's great. Not, I mean, not for everyone sometimes. But Mm -hmm. uh, sort of also backtracked is that, um, like, like you said before, it's normal for people to get nervous about tests. But 
um, once, like, if you're not sleeping well for, like, having insomnia, insomnia, yeah, this is, like, not sleeping for, like, how you were, how you normally sleep, and, like, having panic attacks, like, multiple panic attacks over something, like, trivial that you might know is really mm. si- silly, and it's just, like, causing all this stress in your life. Sometimes what people don't realize is there doesn't necessarily have to be a trigger. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, panic attack disorder mm-hmm. um, itself pri- is primarily based on the fact that you don't know why your body is going into the flight or yep. um, fight response. Mm-hmm. And it's just a feeling sometimes and um, just part of the brain, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's not, sometimes there are triggers, like some um, small things, mm-hmm. but like for the most time, it was like, oh, why is my body doing this to me? Everything's yeah. fine. Just chilling here, reading a book, and this is happening to me, which it is, yeah. can definitely be both, and it's such a mm-hmm. wide range of symptoms that people experience, yeah. too, because everyone's body is so different. Mm-hmm. Some people will get the sweaty palms, the heart racing. It feels mm-hmm. hard to breathe, hard to swallow. Other people, like me, um, you could throw up. You could mm-hmm. just feel nauseous, upset stomach. It can be dizzy, yeah. irritable. Yeah. It manifests differently in yeah. everyone. So it's very important to realize that it's yeah. not the same for everyone because we're all different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so your mom was the one who sort of realized that um, there was something not necessarily wrong with you, but like something that she thought needed to be addressed with you. So mm-hmm. why did you choose to seek professional help? Um, For me, I didn't have, I wasn't yet feeling stigmatized about mm-hmm. seeking help. You were 15, right? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was about like 15, 16. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was discovering kind of what it was and what I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have kind of that negative view of if I go get help for this, this will make me like look crazy mm-hmm. or um, it's a very private thing because um, it just felt like a part of my personal life that didn't mm-hmm. really have to be shared at the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I didn't really have any inhibitions to treatment just because for me, I wanted to, I wanted to get better. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel better and try to live a easier life, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's not like that for everyone. There's a lot of barriers to treatment. Um, I just happened to be lucky at the time that it, I guess, for lack of a better term, came at the right time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't know had it onset in college if I would have been as um, open to treatment as I was at 15. Yeah, and then your mom sort of supported you on the way. Yeah, I was really lucky to have a good support system, my mom and my family, and um, she definitely normalized it for a lot for me too. Um, I did cognitive behavior therapy, mm-hmm. um, which was really great combined with medication mm-hmm. um, and different treatments work for everyone yep. but um it worked for you <laughs> that was what worked for me and um my, my mom at the time was like oh it'd be nice to just go and talk to somebody mm-hmm. and um we don't realize that how much we keep inside our heads that sometimes just like talking it out untangles it mm-hmm. like therapy is something i'd recommend for anyone not just someone going through a mental mm-hmm. health um thing we stigmatize therapy so much and yeah. It's just therapy counseling, like we go to the career services, career counseling, mm-hmm. um, that's still counseling. It's yeah. just helping you figure out everything that's yep. going on, getting mm-hmm. an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. And also like just going 
how like normalized uh, I'm going to uh, the doctors are just like for a checkup. Mm-hmm. Like that's totally fine. You're just trying to figure out how your body is. They're telling like you like, oh, this is good. You might want to address this. It's so normalized, but with like mental health, we aren't there yet. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> we need a mental health checkup, and yeah. that's cool too. Yeah, it's just. Um, I mean, access is also, like, really hard for individuals, like, with insurance, sometimes, like, out of pocket, Mm -hmm. um, location, all that jazz, but, um, yeah. Shortage of providers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, but, um, hopefully we're looking towards the future. I think that we, we are both hopeful for that Mm -hmm. everyone has access to therapy. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I think we talked about it, like, this before recording this, uh, about, like, you still I do, yeah. Um, I go to the same therapist, Mm -hmm. um, the same location I've been going to since high school, Mm -hmm. and I just live relatively off campus. So Mm -hmm. for me, I liked having the bond that I'd created with my therapist, Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't really make sense switching over to someone new when it was still close. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of different options that people have, whether it's on-campus resources, off-campus resources. Um, I know there's, like, telehealth stuff coming mm-hmm. out now. There's a lot of things um, on, like on apps. Yeah, on apps, um, like mobile counseling almost, mm-hmm. like things you can sign up for, which is very cool. I don't yeah. know too much <laughs> about the exact stuff and the legitimacy of mm-hmm. it. Um, but I would say also that when you go to therapy, if the first therapist you go to isn't a perfect fit, it doesn't have to do also with you not liking therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, every therapist is going to approach things differently with a different educational background. Mm-hmm. And sometimes two people just don't click. As um, people. Yeah. As people. As yeah. people. Not even between patient and provider. Just mm-hmm. some people are different. And you have to remember that your provider is also a person mm-hmm. um, and not just a provider and that those things happen. So I guess I would say for people, um, a big piece of advice is if you feel that it could be helpful for you, give it more than one chance. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. <laughs> in general, just in general. I'm very happy for you that you're sticking with it. Thank you. Thank you. It's good. Yeah. Um, I like it. It works for me. Yeah. In the future, do you still see yourself seeking therapy as of right now or kind of just through that is a tough question. Yeah. I guess where it's coming down to where we're graduating and yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. and it seemed kind of to me more like a um, childhood quote-unquote problem for me, mm-hmm. um, which isn't true to say because mm-hmm. it's a disorder. It's a disorder you live with. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that I probably will continue to seek therapy on mm-hmm. a um, – Probably not as frequently, mm-hmm. um, but what will work with my working world schedule because mm-hmm. I find it good to have those little check-ins mm-hmm. um, like you do with the normal doctor. Mm-hmm. So You mentioned before that you don't go as often as you did before. No, I went. I feel like when you're in the root of trying to find an underlying cause for what you're going through, mm-hmm. um, it is definitely helpful to go more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's a continued care plan, mm-hmm. sometimes it, depending on personal preference, it doesn't feel as needed. Mm-hmm. Or um, yeah, like so. I know from hearing talking from other people who receive therapy, especially on campus, um, like some people just need to go once a month, bi-weekly, sometimes. 
uh, either like once a week or twice a week, depending on what they need it to be. Everyone needs different things. I feel like it changes so much between person and so mm-hmm. much uh, the time you're at with managing um, your illness. I know in high school I went sometimes every week, every other week when I mm-hmm. first um, started going, and now I probably go bi-monthly. Um, wow. That's great. Yeah, so um, I go back for little check-ins, and if I ever feel like um, – I try to be proactive rather than reactive, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really important with treatment. Um, So if I feel myself starting to get stressed out, I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I'll go make an appointment. Yeah, Um, important to do that. Think that you're going going to go through a depressive episode. It's good to try to go before so you realize what's happening and how to address that. But I don't know if that's similar for you. I feel like they go hand in hand. I feel like all of that kind of um, anxiety and depression overlaps so much Mm -hmm. um, that it's easy to say that um, it's better to catch yourself slipping into some Mm -hmm. bad habits or tendencies or becoming symptomatic. um, And it's just easier to, as soon as you notice it, just make an appointment. Yeah, whether you you yeah, if 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 you can. you're lucky enough to be able to. <laughs> yeah, or talk to someone, absolutely. Yeah. But like, start to just notice the little, your own little personal warning signs mm-hmm. of, oh, okay, I need to take a step back and do a little self care, whether that's making an appointment mm-hmm. or other things um, that you figured out that work for you. And it takes a while to realize. That. Oh, it definitely yeah. does. It's a process. It's a process of knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's trial and error. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But um, you kind of went over this, but how did support from friends? family and also like your therapist uh help you on your journey to where you are today and possibly the future yeah um I feel like I've had been lucky enough to receive so much support um I know where I didn't talk about it as much in high school I did have my close group of friends Mm -hmm. who um I mean it was something you could physically see um at that point in my life but who were very helpful and supportive and um didn't look down on me for it which I was very, very lucky for, especially mm-hmm. in high school where it can just, yeah. uh, it's so easy to misconstrue things. Mm-hmm. Um, and my family's always been very supportive and open and helpful um, with getting me access to treatment, um, which has was played a big role in my deciding to go to college mm-hmm. um, because obviously if I had realized in high school that I was struggling with a mental illness, college seems that much more daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so where I did have the good support system, it definitely felt doable at the time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really appreciated that. So um, very helpful finding the people um, who support you, not just in the ways that um, – support you in the way that works for you. I just think of it in terms of also just like some people who go through, this is the best example I have mm-hmm. for it, I guess. People who have anxiety attacks generally have different ways of um, preference mm-hmm. of being calmed down. If you're in a public place and you're with your friends and you're having anxiety attack, some people like someone to sit with them, give them a hug, something. Other people like to be alone, um, kind of remove themselves mm-hmm. from the situation, and that can differ so much. So having people who understand what works for you and what doesn't mm-hmm. is also really huge yeah because sometimes you just don't need someone like saying like oh you should do this this and that when you're trying to yeah oh are you okay are you okay can you breathe for me and you're just and so sometimes it's just um too much yeah 
Yeah. And you already have too much going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then other people, it's like, oh, wow, they're caring so loudly at me. This is great. <laughs> yeah, and they uh, need that, co- yeah. that coaching and support during that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, many times we said, like, it depends on the person. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a big theme for this talk that – um there's no black and white right and wrong for mm-hmm. mental health, and I think that's part of talking about it that people need to realize is um, it's everyone's personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, uh, what are some coping skills that you use? I think we kind of mm-hmm. briefly went over that. Yeah, so for me, um, like I said, a lot of trial and error, but um, I know exercise is really big for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Very I guess, important. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, you're releasing endorphins. Um, For me, just exercising a few different times a week, going for a run, something like that, Mm kind of gets that excess energy out of my body a bit Mm -hmm. and um, just makes me feel more focused and ready to take on new challenges. Um, I like yoga. I went to yoga a lot, especially Mm -hmm. at the beginning of um, treatment. I found that very helpful. Um, I'm trying to think. I like to journal. I like to write. Very important. Um, although I feel like that's such a hard one to stick to when, it yeah, it's like, ah, oh, you're so stressed out. It's like, mm-hmm. maybe I should go write about it. And you're like, wait a second, I have three papers and due. I don't want to write about it right now. But it, when you do, I will say when you take the chance to do it, um, it is helpful. A yeah. It sorts things out in the same way. I would say almost like with therapy where it's mm-hmm. like everything gets a little untangled when you're able to just write it out or talk it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do it for yourself. And you can do it for yourself, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I love my dog. Oh, <laughs> Pet <yeah>. therapy. <laughs> um, I love just to sit with my dog or watch Netflix. Or mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be something as simple as just, do I get ahead on a next, I guess in a college setting, do I get ahead on a next assignment? Mm-hmm. Or should I just lay down and watch an episode of Netflix? Yeah. And just making those little choices and being conscious of it. Yeah, like, oh, like, I don't need to binge watch an entire season of something, but maybe, like, an episode or 15 minutes of an episode. Yeah, it's recognizing what's going to make you feel better, because I know also um, one of my best friends is very much the opposite. When they like to unwind, they like to do it by being productive, because if they're productive, then they feel like they've gotten those things that they're worrying about out of the way, Um, rather than shutting down and being like, I need a second for myself. Mm. It's turning it up and being more productive. Um, So I can see how that can work in both capacities, but Mm. I also think that... um, there has to be a little give and take if you're mm-hmm. going to be more productive. Also mix in like that episode of Netflix or um, if you're going to mix in a few episodes of Netflix, maybe do one thing that's going to take something off your to-do list as well. Yeah, like write a page of a paper do or something like that in between. Yeah. yeah, try to strike a balance with it. So do you find yourself like in between like that, like being productive and chilling because exercising is in the middle yeah, I I suppose exercising's in the middle. Um, honestly, I guess it depends on the time of the semester. Mm. I can say during some of like my past final exam periods and midterm final exam periods, um, that the times that I would actually take myself out of the library and go for a run mm. that I didn't think I had time for, I ended up being more productive when I took just a small amount of time to recharge. Had mm-hmm. I just pushed through it all. Yeah, um, some people don't realize that. It took me a while to realize it. Yeah. Um, 
as a freshman, you're like, oh my goodness, I have to get all these things done. I can't eat, can't I, sleep, can't Yeah, I don't like, have time yes, to walk to the can. cafeteria. I need it to go box. But you have to realize that the time you take for yourself does make you more productive yeah. and a better you, and you you feel better about it. And you do have time. Like, and it yes, yes, the time is there because it's gonna when it helps you be more productive. That's mm-hmm. kind of where the time comes from. Yeah, yeah. It's important to take care of you because if you don't take care of you in the first place, you're not gonna be able to do anything else. Exactly. People often forget that. You cannot <laughs> pour from an empty cup. Okay, wow, that was really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, coping skills we just went over, and sort of like the last question to uh, actually this really ties in. But how do you know when you need to take a step back from situations that are anxiety-inducing or maybe too much or damaging to your mental health? So I guess for me, um, when I start to feel that pressure of I have no time, when I start to get that notion in my head uh, of mm-hmm. there is no time. I have to like stop for a second and be like, wait a minute, there's always time for you. Mm, um, so I think when I start to feel the pressure of running from place to place and like that constant go, Mm -hmm. that's when I need to notice that it's time to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And it it can happen like at any time. Um, Beginning of the year, middle of the year, one one weirdly weird week. Yeah. yeah, I try to like notice too, like my eating and like sleeping patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, Journaling is very helpful for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely can be. I can't say I've used it for that, but I can see um, some people doing that. Yeah, no, that could be very helpful. Mm. Um, I think what I notice that I'm like not eating my meals at the normal meal times. Like I'm eating oh. dinner, it's like ten o'clock. Then I'm like, okay what am I doing? <laughs> um, or if um going to bed late, waking up early, mm-hmm. and then it's like, all right, I want to get more on a schedule and get back on track to mm-hmm. something that is going to be better and work better for me. Yeah, what about like uh, friendships too? Like, do you find someone who's not mm-hmm. being super supportive or like somehow being a hindrance to your mental health? Um, I would say it's appropriate to take a step back from situations like that um we're all going through our own little journeys here at college Mm -hmm. um everyone's got a different workload you've got different classes from your friends they have Mm -hmm. different things that they're stressed about you have to remember that when tensions rise in a friend group um or you start to feel like there's agitation among maybe like you and a roommate or you and a friend um that it probably has less to do with you and more to do with everything that they're trying to handle right now Mm I would say that um, it's okay to just take a step back from if you feel like someone's negatively impacting you mm-hmm. and then eventually come back to it later and be like, oh, how are you feeling? I noticed you seem like you might have been a little stressed. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get that time to recharge for you, maybe being like, hey, how can I help? And they mm-hmm. might end up being like, oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to be grumpy earlier mm-hmm. or whatnot. And um or take something out on you for some reason. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to remember to put yourself first and that mm-hmm. have encourage your friends to put themselves first, too. Mm-hmm. But also have, like, that conversation of but still, for one another. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Like, you're still there for each other and you're there for yourselves. And, um, but you're, like, a tiny bit higher than everyone else, in a way. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, just that tiny bit um, where it's, mm-hmm. like... um. And it's hard for some people. It's hard. It definitely is hard. And I find on this campus there's so many nice people. You want to open the door and hold mm-hmm. it open for the 10 extra seconds. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
it's definitely hard to be like, okay, wait a second. I really want to help my friend, but I also need to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's ways to do both. Yeah, set boundaries. It's very important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Of here course. Yeah, I'm always open to talking about it. Um, I think it's really important that the more we have open conversations about it, mm-hmm. the more normal it becomes. Yeah, I think and like this time, like the time we are living in now is very very good i think things are heading in a good direction. yeah i think so too it's um it's evolving you see it yeah. more on social media mm-hmm. and it's um it's interesting to see the conversations that are taking place mm-hmm. and um i hope they continue in like a good direction yeah a good yeah, yeah. Good direction yeah <laughs> okay well uh thank you guys for uh listening to this week's episode and i uh, hope to see you next week thanks so much <laughs>